You're tuned in to True School Hip Hop Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Constantine, hip hop exorcist. And tonight we have the pleasure of sitting down with Cade out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. How you been, bro? What you been up to? I've been good. Just been uh, working hard at, uh, you know, saving lives. Cool, cool, man. So uh, just to give us a little background on how you grew up, man, and what was your first uh, introduction to hip-hop? How did you get influenced, and what made you want to be part of culture? Well, uh, I guess the first, uh, I was born in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, over in the International District, or otherwise known as the War Zone. And uh, basically, I just grew up with uh, graffiti was was what really stuck out to me. Uh, I really didn't like what I thought was rap back then, you know, uh, hearing everything on the radio back in the 90s. I wasn't too keen on it. I was more into the grunge rock scene. But then I was watching a snowboarding video one one year, and I was like, holy smokes, these guys are doing exactly what I'm doing because I've been for years, you know, doing spoken word and all that. And I was like, all these guys are doing is throwing their spoken word uh, poems with some beats and, you know, speaking some real truth. And it, it really spoke to me. Yeah, resonated with you right off the bat. So right off the bat, I'd like to talk about your album, Medicated. Um, I had a chance to peep the album, and two of your singles in particular caught my attention, Real Envy and and Get Gone. Can you tell the audience what those songs are about and how you came up with the concepts for those songs? Well, Real Envy is a little more, it touches a little bit more on my musical side. Uh, I grew up uh, playing saxophone, and that's what kind of got me into music. And then uh, when I found hip-hop, that's when I started using my voice more, so I started, I was like, hey, I need to implicate what I know from saxophone into hip-hop, and I kind of used it in my voice in Real Envy, because Real Envy is a song all about uh, how the hard times of your life define who you are, and they build you into who you are as a person. Um, Growing up in a a rough neighborhood, like, I I mean, I got jumped every day, pretty much. Uh, We got in fights constantly on the block, uh, lots of drug dealing, lots of drug addicts running around, people stealing your shit. You know, you're always having to watch your back. And, you know, I'm white, and I come from a, a rough neighborhood, and they instantly right. you know, thought I was a bitch. And so I was like, well, I got to stand up for myself. And so Real Envy came from all of that, just coming from, you know, being not not only not accepted for who I am, but not accepted where I am. You know what I mean? Like, it was really tough yeah. for me. Yeah. So, Real Envy's kind of shows, you know, even though I get pushed away from hip-hop just because of the color of my skin, uh, you know, I, I, it, it, I'm drawn to it constantly. Like, even in Real Envy, it says how the pen and pad are constantly by my bed. I mean, that's not a lie. I have three, four different notebooks constantly that I'm writing in, you know what I mean? So... It, it's not something that I, I like to do. It's something that I, I just have to do. You know what I mean? Because it's like right, right. I, was, and get, I was drawn to the movement. Yeah, and Get Gone, What was? how did you come up with that song and, what, and tell the audience what that's about? Well, Get Gone is your classic uh, boastful MC song. It's display a little bit of my right. my cadence and my lyrical capabilities. It's also showing displaying some of my, you know, punchlines, uh the cleverness in my in my rhymes. Showing you that, you know, you don't have to be talking about how cool you are necessarily all the time. But just whatever you're talking about, just just 
do it with uh, charisma and cadence and, and you know. But it, it is right, targeted right. towards like this, other MCs. <laughs> right, right. Just coming, just bringing the ruckus. And if you're not bringing the ruckus, hang up the mic, in other words. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, it even says that, too. Like, I, I rock a cordless mic. Uh, uh, I'm blessed because my mother uh, works at Sennheiser, so she hooked it up. Uh, for one of my birthdays, so I have a nice Sennheiser cordless mic, and even in Get Gone, it says, uh, uh, if you if you refuse to drop the mic, then I'm cutting the cord, and that's referring to, like, how I don't need a, a <laughs> mic cord to keep me on stage, like, I'll, I'll be yeah. in the crowd, you know what I mean? Because I'm notorious yeah, for jumping yeah, off stage yeah. and just rapping in people's so. Cool, so... Would you like to give any shout-outs to any of your crew out there that you roll with, uh, guys that you do shows with, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the scene out there. Man, uh, I got, yeah, mad shout-outs. First and foremost to, to my crew, Uprise Productions. Uh, we're killing it on the, the film side of, of hip-hop, you know, making sure that everyone uh, has some clean videos. Uh, I'm working with this crew called Mike Deli right now. I'm about to shoot one of their music videos, and it's going to be some, uh, I think, some groundbreaking stuff in the hip-hop scene. It's going to be some stuff that, you know, nobody, nobody's ever seen. But I'm not going to, like, get into it because it'll give too much away. Um, but Mike right, Kelly, right. I him out. Uh, the Tubers are always some of my local favorites, uh, kind of the cats that, that kept me going locally um, as uh, inspiration. But, uh, yeah, Bless Infinite and uh, F-Sharp, they make up the tubers. I'm pretty sure they have a live band, too. Um, I haven't seen them all perform in quite some time, but, I mean, they are just phenomenal people. Um, and then, you know, there's, like, Defy, uh, Fat J. Uh, he makes a lot of my beats. He actually made the beat for Real Envy. So uh, if anybody needs beats, go hit up Fat J. He's dope. Um, cool, cool, yeah. cool. I'm probably missing a few. Oh, yeah, and my crew, Second Sons. I've been rocking with them since 2007. Uh, Holiday is the other MC in that. Me and him kind of just go back and forth on beat production and, and recording production. So it's just a two-man crew kind of keeping it keeping it real and old school, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure, man. I'm sure you probably, I don't know if you ran into Intel Uno, but I'm going to talk about this a little bit. Now, I'm from Albuquerque, and I was in the scene for a while. I was talking yeah. with another guest on the show, Into Uno, like I was saying, and, and we talked at length about the lack of unity in Albuquerque. How oh, was your experience there in the hip-hop community in Albuquerque been thus far, and have you experienced that? I'll tell you what, I, I've i been uh, in the hip-hop scene here since solid, since I was 16 years old. I'm 32 in November, and uh, just now people are coming out and being like, oh, holy shit, you rap." I'm like, dude, I've been playing shows here for over a decade now. So, you know, it's, it's real sparse. Like, I mean, other acts don't go to other acts' shows. You know, it's kind of like this, if you don't book me, then I'm never going to go support your show kind of thing. So it gets real clicky. Yeah. And uh, a, a lot of people are preaching the unity and, and doing a lot about it. But uh, I'll tell you what, there's a couple cats like myself that. You know, kind of get cast into the shadows. I'm pretty much a lone wolf. Uh, you know, I do a lot of my own beat production. I record myself. I mix myself. Um, right now, I'm trying to work with some other musicians to formulate kind of a band to go and tour with because I've always liked that live instrumentation along with hip-hop. 
So I think I want right, to try right. to experience a little bit more into that. So I got a couple cats that I'm working with. Uh, Daniel Herrera plays uh, guitar, and then Josh Coleman, he just blares on the tenor sax. And then um, I'm working with another dude named Matt. He he's an awesome producer as well. So I think I'm gonna work with him on doing you know kind of delegating the the mixing and mastering a bit. Right. Yeah, and live instrumentation is kind of like the fifth element, the unknown fifth element of hip-hop, because I remember right. rocking guys like The Roots back in the days, you mm-hmm. know, and, and The Roots came really ill with it, man. They had that kind of like jazzy, bluesy kind of exactly. kind of feel to the album, and it kind of gave them an edge that no one else was, no one else had at the time. And then you had that kind of fusion hip-hop with rock where you had guys like uh, Limp Bizkit, P.O.D., and like Kid Rock trying to trying to bring like yeah. the metal element into it, you know, and, yeah. and you said that... Um, you like other genres of of music. What other genres of music influence you as an artist uh, other than hip-hop? Well, first and foremost, I'm a huge Nirvana fan, huge Korn fan. Uh, that fueled the angry, depressed side of my, my childhood. And, uh, I mean, Kurt Cobain is as horrible of a musician as some may say he, he was. He was a beautiful lyricist, and the way he composed his music was to kind of express how much pain he was going through. So he kind of showed me that even though it doesn't sound good to everybody, it doesn't mean that it's not good. You know what I mean? So he kind of yeah. gave me the courage and the bravery to actually just just do it and say, fuck what everyone's saying. I'm just going to do what I love and do what my heart's telling me to do. Uh, corn, just, I mean, it brings out the rawness in me. You know, it's really angry and, and real fast, kind of heavy metal. And that's kind of what I, I like to the a young skater kid, you know, so, but growing yeah. older, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm just more engulfed in hip hop as I grow older. Cause I'm just like, you know, if I want to get rowdy, I can, I can pick a rowdy hip hop song. But if I, if I want to be chilling, I can have a chilling hip hop song. I mean, it doesn't matter what, what emotion I'm feeling. Hip hop's got me covered. You know what I'm saying? So like, it kind yeah, of goes yeah. board for me. Well, I'm sure I'm sure it's like that in other genres, but I personally haven't experienced that in other genres. It's only been in hip hop. Yeah. And I think I think it's because yeah, yeah. the lifestyle. It's not hip hop to me isn't music, you know, as it shouldn't right. be to anybody. It's a lifestyle. It's a movement, you know. You know, you hear me say that. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a big fan of Corn too. In fact, the first exposure that I had to heavy metal was Corn and Rob Zombie, you know, back in the there day. And when I went to the show. Yeah, before that, I only went to hip-hop shows, but I got blown away because, you know, Chino Moreno from the Deftones came on, and he was yep. spitting Wicked by Ice Cube. You know, they yep. did a cover of Ice Cube's Wicked, and I was, like, blown away. And then John, Jonathan uh, Davis comes out with the bagpipes, and, I mean, just Jonathan the whole, Davis, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, man, just the, just the whole, you know, showmanship that they had and, and just the theatrics that were involved, you know, even especially Rob Zombie, you know. I've sampled Rob oh, yeah. Zombie. I've sampled System of a Down. I've sampled numerous uh, heavy metal bands in my music. And I know, you know, I, th- I think as an artist, a hip-hop artist, it's important to branch out into other genres. You know, I like reggae. Yeah. I like disco. I like rockabilly. I like, you know, guys like Primus. I don't know if you ever heard of Primus, but, oh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I mess with, yeah, I miss, I mess with guys like that. And, and it just takes me to a whole other level of hip-hop that I wouldn't be at normally if I didn't yeah. listen to those mu- that kind of music, you know what I'm saying? So exactly. um, back to the album, you had some production by Jimmy J, and how does he make his beats? 
are these samples synthesized live live instrumentation or all of them and i explain the process of finding beats that fit your style yeah see personally i'm a musician before anything uh i personally love the sound of all original compositions and uh me and jimmy actually go way back in the day we met you know at, at a when i was partying when i was like 21 about a decade ago and I was freestyling at a party, and uh, one of his buddies was a DJ. So we linked up, and we started playing shows together and doing the whole vinyl. So I really I felt super elemental at that point. And uh, Jimmy was just like this heavy metal guitar player. And kind of on the whole and the heavy metal side of, uh, of music. So we kind of chilled and hung out, and then finally he starts making beats. And so... Me and him link up later on, like 2012, and uh, we're just like, dude, we should just open a fucking music studio. So we opened Collab Entertainment, and he started making a lot of beats for me, all original compositions. He does do samples, but, I mean, I think it's only if people ask him to, because he's, he's such a talented right. musician that he really doesn't need to. Um, I mean, he plays pretty much every instrument you can throw in front of him. He's blows my mind. He, he even picked up my saxophone and playing it. And I was like, I don't even want to play saxophone anymore, dog. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I oh, mean, he's, cool. he's a cool kid. Yeah, he, he makes some bangers. So, yeah, me and him, pretty tight. Um, unfortunately, everything went south with uh, the, the the studio with Collab Entertainment, and that, we I ended up closing it. Um, but now I'm, I'm kind of moved on to new, bigger and better things anyways. But, yeah, he makes a lot of mm-hmm. good, good beats with uh, original compositions, so it's really cool. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's good. You know, I mean, things happen over time. I had a group called Ill Eagle Aliens there for a while, and, you know, my partner, <laughs> Vertex the Wordsmith, he he, he wanted to he wanted to go and, and get some trades under his belt and go to college. He wasn't throwing the music thing, so I had to go solo. Right. You know, things happen... Hey, yeah, things happen, you know. I mean, it's just it's just life happens, and and you know you got to make money. And and when you love the art like we do, uh, sometimes you know things don't go the way you you experience. And you experience some setbacks, but I'm glad that yeah. you just roll with the punches, man. So, as yeah, far yeah, as the man. other three elements of hip hop, DJing, break dancing, graph art, which ones do you gravitate towards the most, and 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 why does it catch your interest? First and foremost, the city, like the the. Graph art, aerosol art, uh, urban art, whatever the fuck you want to call it, it is beautiful. Like, nothing speaks to me more than a, a well-done mural. And I, I'm not even talking like it has to be recognized by, uh, uh, you know, a famous painter as a good painting. I don't give a fuck about that. As long as it has a meaning and a message, then it's dope. You know what I mean? Like, it could just be somebody just went up and sprayed a couple of words on the wall, but as long as it was impactful, that's all that matters because that's what graffiti is about, you know, is that that impact, like, and impacting a broad audience. So, but yeah. Yeah, how about you, you said you experimented with a little bit of breakdancing there before we got oh, on the show yeah. we were talking. You said you tried, tried your hand at breakdancing. Yeah, yeah. So um, back in middle school, uh, we had a lot of talent shows and everything, so bunch of kids would be like, yeah, let's, you know, do this routine, let's break dance. So, you know, we all started practicing break dancing. Uh, a lot of my friends picked it up a little bit better than me. I I just never really got the, the movement down, I think. 
And I got some long ass legs, so I think that would, you know, fuck me up in the windmill. Of the <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. kept kicking my arms kinda, out. Kind of got in the way there. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's cool. I don't have to be, you know, skilled at all, all elements. Just a few. <laughs> right. But I, I do do a little right, bit of beatboxing. Right. I call myself amazing by any means. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I had to dabble in a, in every aspect of hip hop just to make sure that you know I found my home. And you know, the lyricism and, and being an MC is kind of kind of stole my heart because once I realized like the difference between a rapper and an MC, where an MC is the master of ceremonies and a rapper is just some jackwad that fucking rhymes and shit. Um, I was, it kind of stole my attention because I was like, holy shit. So you're a master of ceremony. You bring in the, the the event, you know what I mean? Like you're the face of the event and you're making sure that everyone is on the same page in the story of hip hop. You know what I mean? As you're telling the stories. Yeah. And that kind of captivated me because you're almost like a teacher. You know, you're almost like a, a urban right. shaman in, in some senses of the word, you know? Right, right. I agree. I agree totally. I think there is a difference between a rapper and an MC. And MCs just bring it more philosophical. They bring it more conscious. They bring it more, yeah. um, you know, trying trying to open people's eyes to, to the social ills of society and, yeah. and, and bring a solution, you know? And whereas Absolutely. rappers are kind of just talking about the chicks, the partying, the this and that. And, and then that's cool and stuff. It was cool when Snoop Dogg did it and, and when Gangster Rappers first first came out with yeah. it. But in yeah. my opinion, that stuff's kind of played out now, you know? Right, exactly. It's like, what, are we all going to try to do the same style or are we all going to, are you going to try to pitch in and, like, make the art excel? You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, just, I don't like all these parrots and copycats that you hear, you know what I mean? Like, Right, and right. I, and the I'm lack not of diversity. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, we understand that everybody can rap in this certain style. Now let's fucking move on. <laughs> like, everyone's done it. Right, right. Uh, right, yeah. And, and that's what that's, problem I have with a lot of the newer rappers is yeah. that they, they just, they just, they kind of like sound like da 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 And it's like, everyone does that, you know? And it's like, there's no diversity. Like, back in the golden era, Everyone was diverse. Method Man didn't sound like Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck didn't sound like Big Pun. Big Pun right. didn't sound like Notorious Big, and so on and so forth. Everyone had their own little niche, and yeah, and, br- how, and brought it brought the ruckus, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's how you could tell the, what motherfucker was rapping on on the cipher. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I know that, I know that, I know that style. You know how he's hitting those triplets and then he's he's taking a breath. I, I understand that style because that was you know so and so. Yeah. Uh, hey, you don't have that anymore. Now it's like, who's this? <laughs> what the fuck? Man, and, and some of the things <laughs> yeah. they talk about, I'm just like, holy shit. Uh, it baffles me. Cause I was, it just, it just perpetuates the ignorance and the stereotypes, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think hip-hop's better. It, 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 I know hip-hop's better than that, you know? Yeah. Well, originally, you know, when the culture started in, in the 70s, it was a platform for the voiceless. You know, people mm-hmm. couldn't afford, like you said, a saxophone or a violin or, or a guitar, yeah. so they, they beatboxed, yeah. and then they took their turntables and did a little bit of scratches, and, and it really was grassroots organized, you know? It wasn't, it wasn't something the industry didn't have a hold of at first, and now when the industry got a hold of it, it kind of became, you know, um, what I call out, like, sellout, you know, stuff. It's yeah. like... Now they're just now they're just doing the government agenda of consumerism. 
Exactly. And that and that's awesome. You started saying, oh, hip-hop's dead. And I'm like, hip-hop ain't dead, man. It's underground. Y'all need to no. fucking go underground. No. You know? That's Fuck right. That. It ain't dead. It's alive. That's right. That's right. That's right. And there's a lot of newer cats that are prodigies that are 16, 17 years old, killing the scene, uh, getting, you yeah. know, millions of hits on their, on their, on their, on their videos. Like, you know, Mad Squabbles is one of them. You know, yeah. I think uh, Justin Freeman's another one of them. Afro, you know, these guys are, are prodigies coming up out of the scene and, and they're going to bust out from the underground and, and, and hit the mainstream pretty soon. But, you know, yep. hopefully they don't sell out, you know, like most, like, like other guys have, but, yeah, you kind of have um, your fingers you know, crossed. I have a lot of hope. Yeah, yeah, I do too, man. I do too. I think, I think that, I, you know, the the people who are really skilled and versed in hip hop, I I don't think that they can be swayed. You know what I mean? Like, you look at people like uh, right. Idea, rest in peace. Like when that dude started coming out and started getting thrown record deals, he was telling them all, "Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you." I don't want nothing to do with the mainstream. And then Rhyme Sayers, I mean, he was just. He was dedicated to Rhyme Sayers anyway, you know. But he knew the elements of hip-hop. He, he grew up like that. So he he knows the sanctity of it, you know. And yeah. Yeah, hip-hop saved my life. Straight the fuck up. Like, I was a depressed little yeah. dark kid, you know what I mean? And the moment I started hearing hip-hop and, and hearing all these cats going through the same shit I was going through and becoming it, and it's all their, their stories of, of overcoming the dark times, I was like, holy shit, if these right. folks can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? And then right, I go to right, my right. first hip-hop concert with uh, Josh Martinez back when I was 18 years old and talked to Josh Martinez and he said the same shit I did. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't even like hip-hop. I like rock and roll and I wanted to be a rock uh, in a rock band, but look at me now. I'm rapping. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep fucking rapping because I love this shit. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page, man, because, you know, hip-hop is my heart, man. It's something that, like you said, saved my life. You know, yeah. I grew up in the ghetto. I grew up in New Mexico. I grew up in the South Valley, and I grew up around Bottos and Cholos, and all I knew was the hood, you know. And, yep. and, and like you said, you know, I had a friend, one of my one of my good friends from my childhood, his, his name was Matt, and, and he was a white guy, and he got his butt kicked all the time, man. I got my butt kicked all the time, and I had to... I had to find something to, to, to release all that anger and, and animosity that was inside of me for, for a long time. And, and for me, it's a release, you know, it's yeah. something that, that, that allows me to express myself. It, it allows me to contribute to society, you know, in a yeah. positive way that, that, that kind of, and I, and I don't know if you know this, but I do Christian hip hop and, and it's even 10 okay. times harder to do Christian hip hop because, you know, yeah, you kind of get that stereotype that, Oh, well, Christian hip hop is corny and, and this and that, right. and, and really what I'm trying to do is just open eyes to what's happening around the world in a yeah, positive exactly. way, you know, and, and, exactly. and, and giving them the solution, you know, which in, in my experience is God, you know. And, yeah. and, but yeah. but I, I try to leave this forum neutral. You know, I don't, I don't just feature Christian artists. I feature other people of, uh, of, of different backgrounds because I want to see what, what, what they're feeling and what their perception of life is. You know, yeah, well, because I'm open to that. You know, you like the man. You know, it's segregating. You, you got to get everybody's like point of view, otherwise, you're just as close-minded. You know, not you personally, but you know, in the general sense right, right, of right. the word, like everyone has to hear other people's opinions. Yeah, I grew up, uh, you know, right. in, a, in a household where my mo- my mother is super religious, and my dad's uh, uh, super liberal. So I guess uh, I should say conservative, 
mother and then a liberal father. Uh, my dad's gay, yeah. and my mom's like this butch farm woman that would knock me out in two seconds. So it was like a weird dynamic, you know, and I was going in between the two houses, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on with life? Like, I don't know where everything stands, but I think it gave me a good uh, a good view on, on you know, keep, or a, a good way to keep my mind open because I get to see how both sides of the spectrum work. I'm like, all right, I see right. your decisions as a conservative uh, human being, and I see your uh, decisions made as a liberal human being, and I'm seeing the outcomes of both worlds, you know, so it was kind of cool. But it also was very confusing for me. Cool, man. Yeah, it kind of must must have been a mind warp. You know, my, my mom was Pentecostal hardcore, and my dad was Catholic hardcore. So, oh, wow. you know, and those two, those two factions of religion don't get along at all. And, you know, oh. I saw God as like this, this, this cop waiting around the corner, and if when I once I broke the rules, he's ready to send me to hell. You know that was my perception of God at the time. But as I grew older, you know, I I realized that that was just religion. You know, and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a relationship. And and as I started uh, researching for myself and finding out and reading the, the holy scriptures for my own, I found that it was a whole different thing that 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 God was about, man. And it it changed my yeah. life, you know. And, exactly. and and that's what I do this for is is you know is is, is it's also to reach out to those that that um you know might not be considering faith as something uh of the part of the life like usually when i get off the phone uh, or off the phone of, from an interview i usually ask the, the guys that i do interviews with if i could pray a blessing over their life you know and, okay. and that's something for me that that helps me you know um reach out to those that 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 you know not necessarily um from from my standpoint you know right exactly oh that's dope because that's just you spreading that that you know, that love, that's, and I yep. think everyone should be doing a little bit of that. However, whatever form you do it in, you know. Um, personally, me, yep. I, my God is is Mother Nature and the Father Sky kind of deal. I'm a naturalist. Uh, I'm a rock climber as well, so I spend a lot of time that door okay. just admiring the Mother Nature. But you know, it's the same. It's the same thing. It's just kind of a different different view. Um, I respect, I hold myself accountable to a higher being, you know what I mean? Uh, much like people look at God, you know, you hold yourself accountable to him. So then you make sure that you're on point and you're not slipping. So, and I think that's important. Yeah. And, you know, every human being needs to have something to hold themselves accountable to. Otherwise, look at, I mean, look at the world today. People just go, go nuts. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're that, right. That's, well, yeah, that's what music's for, you know. Like my whole album, Medicated, is is a five year project I've been working on, and it's gonna have probably it's gonna be a three CD compilation, and that way I can display cool. all sides of my my personality properly. You know, it's gonna have your bluesy kind of album, uh, inspirational hip hop, and more like a a raw hip hop kind of feel to the third album. Yeah. And uh, I think it's going to, I hope it touches somebody the way hip-hop touched me, you know, and and helped somebody, yeah. you know, out the way that, that you know, people like Aesop Rock and Idea and... Um, right. Okay, I could go on forever with all the rappers, but... Yeah, you... you, you yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, when you're going on, going on about the rappers, 
who were some of your favorite MCs growing up and who in the scene currently is representing correctly in your opinion? Well, I personally, my favorite is idea. Um, he, okay. he did, he's the one that captivated me. I mean, his freestyle abilities and all that stuff. Um, uh, Brother Ali is a huge inspiration. Aesop Rock is probably my favorite living hip hop artist. I just the way I love the way he like you know twists the the English language. Um, Prof right now I think doing it. I'm I'm a huge fan of the Rhyme Series Entertainment crew. If you didn't couldn't tell. Okay. Um, so that's basically like where I I fish for my my hip hop. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I like Tech Nine, fucking Immortal Technique. Um, yeah. You know, I used to, I used to follow like Cage with the Weatherman. He used to rap with Aesop Rock a right. lot too. Um, right. I like, I like so many different styles. It's hard to say. And then you get the the old school shit like, uh, you know, Wu Tang Clan, like you were saying earlier with uh, right. Method Man and Red Man and all them. Like you can't can't ignore those those guys either, you know, the curators. Yeah, straight up. Redman's one of my favorite. I'll tell you what. Redman is one of the most influential guys and one of the most underrated MCs in the entire history of hip-hop, man. A lot of people, when you hear of top 10 lists of greatest MCs of all time, I think on my li- uh, Redman's right there on my list, man. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know. I, I totally agree. Yeah, that dude killed it. Yeah, and I, I don't even think yeah, that, like, so, I'm necessarily, like, a dope MC. But man, the the shit you hear coming out and people claiming to be, uh, you know, a, a versed MC, I'm just like, come on, man, go home, do some homework. <laughs> yeah. Do some homework. That's right. Study the history of hip hop before you pick up the mic again. Yeah, yeah, because I, you, you know, know? being being a white boy, like if I can school uh, school somebody on hip hop, that's sad in my opinion, because like. I had, to go, <laughs> yeah. I had to go fishing for the information for hip hop when I was a kid. You know, nobody, nobody, was, yeah, come here, kid, let me show you. Where like, get the fuck out of here, white boy. You know, so I had to go fishing and, and <laughs> for my information. So, I, that that's I think that's yeah. what separates me from a lot of local cats. Though is like, I was so secluded from everybody that I didn't have anybody to like to bite. You know what I mean? Like, I had to make my own style. I was forced to. Oh, I think that that yeah. was a benefit to me, but could just be. Um, yeah, and you talk about being white. So being a white man in a predominantly Hispanic state, being New Mexico, and being outnumbered by minorities in hip hop in general, do you find it harder to come up in hip hop than others? And how do you think guys like Eminem, Logic, Sage Francis, Atmosphere broke into the scene? Man, just showing everybody that it didn't fucking matter. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm white. What, what of it? You can't. You still can't bite my style. You still can't keep up with me on, on verses or intellect. You know what I mean? Like they came proper, showing everybody that they knew their, they knew what hip hop was. They know the roots of it, and they stayed true to it. Like all of those guys that you named are all independent and self-made, and I, you know, I respect every one of them. I mean, of course, Eminem being the exception, but uh, uh, I mean, he paved the path for all of us white white boys, you know, so I got to yeah, pass off yeah, to him. Most definitely. Uh, but now I understand the struggle now, you know, like, I was like, yeah, it's not that bad being white in a, you know, in a, you know, predominantly minority uh, community, 
But then I started actually realizing how racist everyone was being towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah. holy shit. Like, even my even my friends who are black or Hispanic are even displaying signs of racism. But then I had to realize where I was displaying it towards them as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a tit-for-tat type thing. And in this society that we're, we're right. grown up in, like, you could you'll have no idea you're doing something offensive because society has, has trained us that, that it's right. You know, like, you know, using, I hate, I hate it when people use the N word and I, it happens all the time, but I hate it. Yeah. I have a personal experience yeah. where I, I moved to Indiana, almost got hanged because I was helping one of the black dudes in in our school. And, uh, they were like, Oh, you're a nigger lover and blah, blah, blah. I hate it, man. I'm like, why do you guys even call each other? Yeah. You know, it kind of bugs me, but yeah. that's just my opinion. I just wish everybody would. I, to me, it's a white word, and I don't like that because now you got these these black people, friends, calling them, them referring to themselves as, as a white word, and it's kind of like, it irks me, you know what I mean? But Yeah, again, I, I feel the same way, man. It's, yeah, I feel I feel you. I think, you know, if if we disagree that society that no one should use that terminology, including black people as a ter- as a term of endearment, so to speak, I think a lot of more of the racism would would be squashed, man. I think yeah. I think if people disagreed across the board, you know, because Martin Luther King Jr. you know gave his life and and fought his whole life to eradicate that word, and I'm the same way, man. I don't like it. I don't I don't think it's ever slipped out of my word out of my mouth towards any black person in my entire life. I've yeah. never called a black person that before. And I, I'm the same way when I, especially when I'm walking down the street and I hear someone bumping it and that's all that's coming out of the stereo that like, it, there's something about it that irks my soul. You know what I'm saying, dude? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, why does that got to be like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, a, it's just a word that's loaded with hate. You know what I mean? So it's just like, wow, just, just get rid of it. <laughs> there's no need for it. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's yeah. the same with like, you know, I grew up my whole life getting called a gringo or a wedo, peckerwood, you know, cracker, all of them. And that, that shit yeah. hurts, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, ow, come on, guys. I'm not yeah. going around saying that, that stuff to you. Come on, you know, give me a break. But to be honest, like, I'm glad it happened to me because now I can empathize fully with somebody. Like, when I went to Indiana and, and saw, uh, you know, a black guy getting... Uh, racially oppressed, I was able to to see that and empathize with him and help him out. And uh, maybe I didn't help him out, you know, to the and he's all good and you know some bad ever happened to him. That did something, and you know I, that's what I feel like everybody should do. And that's why I do music is because I feel like that's that's me helping everybody out the best I can. Is me going, hey, here's a little right, bit of right, advice right. from from my life that I've experienced and I didn't even have like the worst life. I had a pretty, pretty good life. I mean, I was homeless for a couple of years, but you know, tough times and raise tough people. That's all I have to say. Yeah, man, we all go through it in different ways. I think, you know, it's just, you know, everyone comes from different backgrounds and, and, you know, I like to say, if you haven't walked a block in someone's shoes, man, don't even come at them sideways, man, because you don't know what kind of things people have said to them. Like you said, man, people speak identities over other people, you oh, know, yeah. and, and words are powerful. And anyone that says that words aren't powerful are living in illusion. 
Yeah, you know what I'm absolutely. saying? No, because I know words are powerful because because hip hop is a powerful platform, man. It yeah. really is, and if it was used for uh, uh, um, the right things, it could, it could it could do a lot for society. But unfortunately, the industry has has distorted it and twisted it, and 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 the image has become marred, and and we got what we got, you know, now, you know, and. And that's why I do this, man. I do it to preserve the culture for future generations. And, and it's all about the preservation of the culture for me, man. And it doesn't matter where you come from. Yeah. I don't care who you are, whether you're white, you're black, you're Asian, you're Native American. I mean, hip-hop is a platform for the voiceless, straight up. Yeah, hip-hop has no color, man. It's just, it, it's for the oppressed. It's for the people. You know, it's it's the way we all, we can all speak together and experience and live together, you know. Like, I love hip-hop to death. Absolutely. And I, I'm happy yeah, you guys too, are doing this, man. Like having people like you driving a, a platform where people can get heard like this is spectacular. Cause I've been, I've, I've been in situations with people that have, have tried what you're doing, but I don't think they have the, the real drive and the passion to really push it to what it needs to be. You know what I mean? Like, and reach as many people as it could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it just keeps on growing, man. Like I, that's why I say it can't stop and it won't stop because I'm not going to stop doing this, even if it's not profitable. You yeah, know what I'm saying, absolutely. dude? I do it for the love of, of the people that are, that are on the show, and I do it for the love of the people that are fans. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of the listeners that come on aren't even educated in hip hop, and they like listening to it because they learn about the culture and they learn about right. the history. Most of the guys that I interview are historians of the culture. You know, yeah, you learn absolutely. something, like you're saying about being a teacher. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that's that's important. Like, I'm not the best person to, to preach about, you know, the, the history of hip-hop. I, I know enough to, to form a good foundation to, to understand what it is so I don't taint it. However, like, there's so many people out there that know, like, every rapper that's ever lived, and you're just like, what? You're like an encyclopedia, dude. This right. is crazy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I could never be that even if I wanted to because I think I've hit my head a couple too many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was on a I was on a uh, a forum on Facebook. I'm part of this group called Reform Bars, and it's a bunch of Christian uh, hip hop artists or people that are yeah. into Christian hip hop. And yeah. they were talking about who's uh, ten of the illest MCs uh, as far as secular guys that are non Christian and. And one of the guys said Big Pun, and then he went into the history of like, well, Big Pun was the first platinum Latino, and I'm like, nah, you're incorrect, man. It's, it was Cypress Hill, man. You know, right. and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I go, I'm not trying to diss you, no, not taking away from Big Pun, but get your history right, man, because I, yeah, I yeah. pride myself as a hip-hop historian. You know what I'm saying, dude? Uh, and I know the records that sold and when they dropped and, and when they came out and how it affected the industry, and, and I, just, yeah, I just love it, man. I you love them because it, yeah, it's, it's, it's so widespread. In the yeah. short amount of time that hip-hop's been around less than 50 years, it's touched every part of the globe, literally. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, think, look, look how, how international it is. You got people from Russia just doing hip-hop now, and it came from here. It came from America. And that's the beauty of it. It's like this homegrown yeah. kind of thing for me, you know. It's like, I, I was born to do this. That's how I feel. You're right. You're right. So I was, was I. You know, there was yeah. So there was, was I, man. Situations we were all put in, and I'm talking we as in all MCs, all hip hop heads. We were all put in the situation to understand why hip hop is so important to to not only yeah. us as individuals, but as 
know what I mean? Like, it, it helps people from child, uh, from children to, to, to old grandparents. And I've gone to shows and performed for people, and they're like, I don't even like hip-hop, and I like what you just did. Like, I, I don't know what, yeah, what it was, yeah, yeah. but you just blew my mind, and I'm like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it because yeah. I want to be that buffer yeah. for, for some people to get introduced to hip-hop because they're like, oh, I, I like blues right. and jazz. They're like, oh, well, listen to Cade. Cade's got some bluesy, jazzy stuff that, that you might like. And then right. they'll listen to it and be like, oh, yeah, that's that's good. It's positive. It's, you know, it's uplifting. I mean, don't give me not my dark songs, too. But, yeah, I I typically like to keep it um, inspirational and, and uplifting, you know, yeah. as much as I can. But Yeah, like you were saying about that, like we were saying about that, yeah, like you were saying about that, like getting the compliments. I've been to shows, and I've done, like, even church shows where there's a lot of senior citizens, and they come up afterwards like, you know what? I don't really like rap, but I like what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I think a real MC, I mean, one of, uh, like, a cool, like, like, a, like a, uh, a dominant MC will, like, if a senior citizen gives you, like, props, that's when you're doing yeah. it right. Because anybody can influence a, 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 a kid. You know what I'm saying? Old, dude? Some, yeah. some person that hasn't lived long, but 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 like when you're when you're getting like 70 80 year old people coming up after a show and being like I don't really listen to this but I don't like what you're doing it's like that's when you've arrived you know what I'm saying bro you know? Yeah exactly Yeah You know so um real quick man we're going to wrap it up but can you bust an acapella flow to give the audience a taste of how Cade gets down Oh sniggin' snap yeah uh let's see goes uh I was working on one earlier today Okay, we'll just do a, I'll do one from this new song, it's called Good Things, but it's uh oh, let's see. And before you do that, oh. where can we find your music? I know it's on SoundCloud, and what, are the, what other avenues can we find your music on, man? Uh, you can look me up on Reverb Nation, uh, new, newonemusic.com, uh, that one's kind of wonky, it's one of those free sites until you hit so many likes and then but then uh you can find me on Bandcamp as well. But mainly okay, I just stick okay. to SoundCloud but yeah. Okay, anyway. okay. Okay, so this is this one's from a, a song, it's one of my more inspirational ones, it's called Good Things. But Born a Fighter. Okay. Lover by uh, sorry. Born a lover, fighter by trade, sworn to uncover what's under this masquerade. Truth is beneath illusions, and I'm finding it out. Good soul sent to execution and shoved in our mouth. What's wrong with society? We invented a couch where we grow lazy and complacent with the television's loud. Are we proud? Well, maybe too proud, because it's the important shit we keep forgetting about. All right, yeah, 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 representing. That was Cade, yo. And you got the new album, Medicated, and you can find that. On uh, SoundCloud, everybody on on that's listening on the air. All right, Cade. Well, yeah. thanks for uh, to, for uh, being a guest on the show, man. And I really appreciate all the mad love you're showing for the culture and moving the culture ahead, man. Absolutely, much love, bro- brother. I appreciate what you're doing too, man. You guys are really killing it with this. All right, thanks a lot, man. So you're tuned in to True School Hip Hop Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Constantine, Hip Hop Exorcist. Let's keep it moving here on True School Radio. Uh, listen in to preserve the hip hop culture for future generations. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for showing mad love. All right, peace. Peace.